Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening, uh, you know, 
need to start uh, checking your white males because they're starting to realize um, they're not in complete control as they used to be anymore, even though um, they kind of still are. But for the everyday one, um, they're kind of like struggling with with the situation that's going on around the world, and, and then they're taking it out on people because they truly feel and maybe they do have inherent rights to the land that they did take over um, through war. So, you know, I do not like Asians getting messed up because for the most part, they usually took care of our dry cleaning. And now I cannot find any dry cleaners. I literally was driving town to town the other day because I needed to dry clean clothes for a photo shoot. I was literally driving town to town. Then I have to Google search. Who the hell Google searches a dry cleaner? That's like that's like Google searching a supermarket in your own town. Like you should know where it is, like a corner store. Like a dry cleaner. Like I'm not trying to be a bigot. Um shout out to the Mexicans in uh Woodbridge and Fords that are that that are working in the dry cleaners right now. Seems like uh my brothers from Mexico are taking over all the jobs. You know, these guys will leave the dry cleaners, then go build a house, then go back to, all right, let me stop. But those are some hardworking people, and um, I'm, I do not like not being able to find the dry cleaners. And not, not, let's not pretend like Asian people didn't, or Chinese or Japanese, whatever, didn't rock the dry cleaners in every city, town to town, just like a Chinese food place. Tell me why there's there's Mexicans cooking the food now, Chinese food. What the hell is going on, man? But anyway, let me not get on my uh, tangent here, but these are some things I've noticed. Um, and um, I I don't like not being able to do my dry cleaning. So whoever wants to take over that, please do it. And um, let's just get things on and popping. Um, I hope that wasn't too rash, but um, you know, brother, you know, yo, if a brother needs a dry cleaning done, he needs it done, yo. And I, I'll figure out, maybe I'll figure out how to do it. Do they sell things? But let me uh, get back to focus because we have an amazing guest today who has been putting in all types of amazing work. Um, in the Hollywood space and in entertainment and media um, by the name of Bobby Del Rio, who's a critically acclaimed and published playwright and a produced screenwriter. Most recently, Bobby wrote and directed the feature film The Market, and he signed a distribution deal with Parallel Universe Pictures during quarantine. So during quarantine, this guy's putting in that work and getting things done because the film is currently available on Amazon Prime in the U.S. and the U.K. and Vimeo on demand in Canada. So you can check, like, a film that he he wrote and directed and created right now. Um, Bobby's play, Professionally Ethnic, was a critical success at the 2017 Summer Works Festival with Now Magazine, including play on list for outstanding play and outstanding production. The play was previously published in the prestigious academic journal Canadian Theatre Review. And Bobby served as creator and showrunner of the IRL the series, which was sold to Bell Media for television broadcast. 
And Bobby also directed the short film Dust, which was nominated for a 2020 Leo Award. Bobby has been the subject of two documentaries, one for Bravo that aired across Canada on television and one for CBC Arts directed by Karina Evans. And right now, Bobby is currently based in Los Angeles. I mean, this this man has been putting in dope, dope, amazing work. Um, So y'all definitely got to check him out. Um, Bobby, are you on the line, sir? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Honor Can you hear me? You on here. Okay. Yeah, we, we hear you. Thanks for Thank having you. me, brother. Thank I you. really appreciate it. It's my first uh, call-in podcast. It's, it's pretty dope. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I definitely um, like using Blog Talk because it just makes it a bit easier um, for the guests to be able to call in from wherever they're at and then um, you just process the audio and then, and then spits out to a bunch of networks over in Spain, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Um, Deezer, Google Podcasts, and like 15 other ones. Um, but I'm just really proud of finally getting over to another country with iVox. And um, so now, you know, you're, you're spreading our guest's word and, you know, making it worthwhile for them to be spread across the web. Um, yet you've been able to create work um, through visual, visual work that has been spreading across TV screens all over the world. Um, for those that may not be familiar, because you do a lot of work behind the scenes, um, who is Bobby Del Rio, and you know what would you like them to know about about you? What I'd like to know about me. Okay, so I'm here in Canada. I've been here about almost 25 years, uh, working professionally in the industry. Um, now I'm I'm relocated to Hollywood, so. I have an agent who reps me in LA for acting and writing and all my projects are going through him and I'm getting a lot of contracts. So he's just, you know, it's a lot of work for, for him, <laughs> which is good. Um, but I guess if I had to define, you know, sort of my footprint as an artist, it's about uh, inclusion and diversity. Um, I guess I've spent my entire career fighting for people of color, for women, for the LGBTQ community. Uh, and to be honest, also for the white community, for everyone. Like, I guess I'm all about, um, treating everybody like an equal human being and not discriminating against anybody for any reason, um, which it's funny because I, I, it's it's really like a sort of basic Martin Luther King Jr. philosophy. It's, you know, it's Gandhi, it's John Lennon, but it's amazing how many times I get in trouble for just that, for just sort of choosing to love everyone um, in the time where it's so, I think, politically popular to to attack people. And I understand all the reasons, and there's so many, you know, like I'm I'm half Chinese, half Italian, um, so I'm sort of like half white and half not white, so I understand everything, especially with all the Asian hate happening right now. But I'm trying to just stay positive and sort of look at everybody as a human being and sort of like accept and embrace everybody's struggles, but also get us all on the same page to like love each other, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, that's that's definitely something we profess here as well. Because you know, being negative towards somebody is like a, it takes a lot of work and effort sometimes. And just being that light that shines for somebody, um, it, it, some, it could be easier. I, I don't know if other people find that hard, but for me, it's easier just you know, being showing people the kind of love that I would want back, despite what they may be going through, who they are or whatever they feel is right. Um, you know, I'm not God, so, I, you know, I shouldn't 
really be judging them. And for the most part, we don't know if there's aliens out there, and if there are, we don't know what they'll look like. So if we if we start discriminating, if we're discriminating discriminating against humans, we will probably have a whole other gamut of problems if these other people around the universe decide to ever show up over here. So that's kind of you know. You know, that's you it, right? Never it's like we need each other to fight the fucking aliens, you know? <laughs> the aliens are coming. <laughs> no, like, we got to get them. Yeah, we need to find a way to unite on this planet before we really start trying to explore other ones or other types of beings, if anything. Yeah. Um, that, that's been Sorry, I dropped an with you. I'm not allowed. Oh, no, you're good. No, I can keep I mean, it clean. No, no, we're good. Okay, okay. Yeah, I try to keep okay. it clean for YouTube. I try to keep it clean anyway. Censor, if YouTube wants to censor, so be it. You know, I I, I won't monetize that video. It's no big deal. Um, YouTube does that a lot. I'll keep it clean. Keep it clean. It's all good. Um, it's all good. We really appreciate how you've been able to, through your work, continue to um, spread. You know, just uh, not just positivity, but just understanding of everybody and not not using your pedestal to judge others or whatnot. Um, so oh, no, it's quite the opposite. You, you know, like even, I was just going to say, like, for example, today, one of my rooms on Clubhouse is substance abuse in film and television. And I, it's really just going through my club. I have a club on Clubhouse, just my name, Bobby Del Rio. And then I just, I run a lot of rooms that are not based to, to get people. It's just to help the community. So I do BIPOC rooms, I do Asian representation rooms, I do supporting women rooms. And today, like I was in a room and there's there's actually a lot of people who are struggling with substance abuse during the pandemic in the film and television industry. So I was like, let me just set up a room because there's people who are sober, there's people who have resources, there's people who can help people who are struggling. That's pretty much what I do, right? I'm just trying to like help us all along to like just kind of be better and support each other, you know? Yeah. Um, what kind of inspired you to kind of shift into that mold, mold um, to be able to do that freely and not really just focus only about yourself? Was it something that happened in your life or something you noticed, or that's just how you were since a kid? I, I kind of have always been that way, I think. I mean, I'm being half Chinese, half Italian. I was one of the first sort of mixed Asian people around that I knew. And, you know, so my parents, they faced a lot of discrimination being an, uh, one of the first, I think, like interracial couples. Um, and so all of my, my parents' friends growing up were like Jamaican or Jewish or Pakistani or like basically all the people who were sort of marginalized in the 80s were, were, were like my parents' best friends. So I, I really grew up in a house where everyone was accepted and so then when I entered the film industry, I, it was, it's not like that, right? It's like, there's a lot of, obviously not everyone, there's quite a lot of people who are very progressive, but especially when I started like almost 25 years ago, you know, especially being a person of color, like you, you were treated very differently. It's starting to change now, but obviously, you know, with the important work that Black Lives Matter is doing, these issues are still very real. Um, so I guess it's that. And then with the pandemic, um, I noticed that so many people were struggling and I would just kind of say positive things like to just kind of keep people positive and inspired and happy. And then it just kept going from there where I was like, Hey, like I have like, I think 3,500 Facebook friends or something. 
a lot of whom are strangers. And I was like, Hey, like, I know you guys are struggling. If you just need to talk, like just message me. And even if I don't know you, like I'll listen. And then people started messaging me and I listened and I realized, man, like the world really needs uh, some love and positivity and Trump was the president at the time, and I'm in Canada, but I was, but he really affects everyone. And so there was all this negative, you know, sort of like vitriol in the media. And I was like, I need to like counterbalance this. Even if it's like three people, I just need to like spread love in a sort of leadership way. And then all of a sudden, like every other day, someone would message me and say something like, you're, you're keeping me positive. You are the, you keep me going, like help me. Thank you so much. And I realized but this is what we need. Like it's, you know, we're sort of in a world where people are not flocking to religion the way they did. And I think people are craving that sort of love and community and spirituality. So I guess I'm kind of just like trying to help people. Um, and for whatever reason, there's a lot of people who are not doing that. They're trying to like exploit and sell and manipulate. And I'm just not about that, man. I just think we need to help each other if we're going to get through this pandemic. So. Yeah, definitely. It seems like uh, narcissism has rose and competitiveism or whatever you want to call it has, has risen. And it seems, well, um, it's not all I noticed, but I have noticed it a little bit. Um, you know, people would rather put someone else down just to make sure that, that they're in a better position, whether it be um, in business or family and friends. And um, they, you know, they almost are willing to um, really jeopardize someone. Um, and it, I don't know how prevalent it is all over the place, but um, just noticing it here in different places, whether it be in my family or, or different friends, um, it's kind of, to me personally, it's sickening. I don't like it. I don't want to be a part of it. So when somebody like you, you know, comes around to counter react that, it's a breath of fresh air, and it definitely gives me life to know that I'm not the only one that is noticing this and, and trying to be the solution. And um, you are doing it with your some of your work. Um, you also wrote and directed a feature film called The Market, which is actually right now people could go check it out on Amazon Prime and, and Vimeo on demand. Um, could you tell us a bit about uh, that movie and, uh, you know, what, you know, what it's about and why you chose to put it out? Yeah, for sure. So I actually, I, it's, a, it's called The Market. It's like a sort of a gangster movie about Wall Street, but it, it, it really more functions as an allegory for capitalism and how really this sort of like greed and narcissism, as you talk about, um, is, the, is sort of like the foundation of like racism and sexism and homophobia. So the movie is, is misunderstood sometimes um, because the character is unbridled, right? I, I researched it quite extensively. It's, I replicated their speech patterns. They're, it's like they're very, very aggressive. They're very vulgar. They're very, again, sexist, racist, homophobic, but that's how they speak. You know, I've had 50 to 100 people. It's been a play and now a feature film. Um, and I've, I've gotten a lot of really, really good feedback and a lot of jobs just from people watching the movie, 50 to 100 people in the finance industry say this is, is 100% accurate. This is exactly how people speak. This is exactly what the culture is. Um, and I think for me, it's important to show 
this subculture because this subculture is really the subculture creating money at the highest levels of the world. Um, but it's, it's a very destructive environment in terms of um, ideals and philosophies. And then I think it normalizes racism and sexism and homophobia. Um, and quite frankly, I also, like I studied economics at the university of Toronto originally, and it's one of the best schools in the world. So I do understand economics at a high level, but I think that, I don't know, there's this sort of myth that you kind of need to be this evil person to make all this money. And I actually think it's the opposite. I think that if we all work together, um, we can actually all make money together and help each other and build all these communities. Like I look at the, the African-American community specifically, and it's, you know, that community is ravaged with poverty, but it's, it's like done on purpose. Right. Or or it's mm-hmm. just negligence where there's not enough money being pumped responsibly into the African-American community. And I say this as a Canadian Chinese Italian, but I'm just analyzing it. I'm going, well, this is the problem. Right? You take any community and if you if you just suck the resources out, you're going to create like a lot of structural issues. And I think this is what happens over and over again. And it's not only the African-American community, but I think that's the, that's the sort of most egregious example of what resources are needed. So I guess for me, my movie is just, it's, you know, sort of an engaging way to have these high level political discussions where we can solve problems and help each other. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm just trying to like do what I can to like be a better person, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's usually the ultimate goal because at the end of the day, regardless of who we believe in, um, when we have to face our creator at the end of the day, um, we won't be able to use um, Trump as an excuse on why we acted a certain way or anybody like that. Um, We won't even, I don't think we'll be able to use um, MLK or Gandhi as an excuse why we did good either. It has to come from us from inside and our true intentions. And um, I definitely feel that's important. I was on Clubhouse. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. But, you know, it was funny. And, you know, like, I'm obviously not black, although, you know, but I did live in the Bahamas for the first four years of my life. So I grew up with uh, all my friends were black and my whole world is black. So sometimes I really, I feel more comfortable around black people than white people because I'm not white. I'm not black. But I, the early years of my life, I believe it was black, right? So I think it took me a while to realize I'm not black. I had to, like, look in the mirror. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um but I, it's funny because I was listening to this clubhouse room and it was black women who were trying to like cancel MLK. And I was like, Oh, like I, and I, I didn't realize that Martin Luther King could be a divisive figure because I guess some, some of the ways he allegedly treated women um, was unacceptable. And I was like, man, like, man, you, if you can't, you can't cancel MLK I and mean, look what he did, but there's really a complexity to, you know, sort of political figures and what they mean. Um, but I do agree with you 100%, dude. It's like, at the end of the day, it can't be this person or that person. or what. It's like, it has to be all of us, like, right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and um, as, and I, I definitely study the black community, you know, being one of being a person of color myself, even though my family's from Haiti. Um and, um, you know, and came over here by boat or whatnot um, in the 80s um, and moved into the ghetto, uh, yet they found a way to move out and, and better their lives. And 
and, and keep keep pushing. Um, so when it comes to the the black community, um, I don't like to make excuses for them. Yet having actually been in certain ones like ghettos or whatnot and experienced it, um, you know, Jewish pe- the word ghetto originated from Jewish people being put into like these built these type of environments. Yet um, at this current time, you probably would not associate a Jewish person with living in a ghetto or being ghetto. Yet it's become synonymous with black people. And when you go around some of them, not all of them, um, you know, a lot of times these people are not even really trying to push. They've been so beaten and downtrodden, they're okay with their their place. And then sometimes when you go to Newark, some of these people have never left the quote-unquote block. Um, yet we see Jewish people taking what they've been through and um, – and turning it around and becoming an economic power for power in Hollywood, as well as banking system, or which in in the original days, being a banker was looked down upon and handling money. So they took that job and they did it, and they mastered it and became. So, I only say these things is you know I I love my black people, but. We're not going to get anywhere by blaming others and by trying to cancel out the people that did try to lead that were actually put into place, um, especially with black women uh, these days um, trying to um, take, not take over, but black women are a lot of the times confused and not realizing the women's suffrage movement was for Caucasian females that took them in and um, allow and act now having them fight the war for them, when originally the black man and the black woman, woman were united as one in a household. So I don't make excuses for these black women today. Um, but as far as Hollywood and um, you supporting women, uh, what are some ways that you actually are um, looking to you know help support women in film and TV? Well, I do a lot of things. I mean, first of all, I definitely provide mentorship and guidance, um, and I I just I hire them. So I've been hiring female producers on my projects, uh, really my whole career, putting them in positions of power, sometimes at young ages, and letting them run the show. Um, and specifically right. on Clubhouse, um, you know, like I have this room, and I I have Hollywood major Hollywood heavy hitters jump on my panels. Pretty much every panel I do right now, I'm one of the most popular film moderators in the clubhouse space. Um, mm-hmm. And so I recognize that. So I'm always trying to like take, especially women of color, um, but all women, and just, just giving them attention and sort of shouting them out and tagging them, putting them in my event. I'll take like some of the top players in Hollywood and I'll put them on the same panel with like an emerging female creative to sort of empower her and give her that status and that access. And I'm very conscious to like, like a friend of mine, Cheryl Bedford, um, is, is doing all these amazing initiatives for women of color. Actually, I'm doing a podcast. Another, po- I do a weekly podcast, pretty much about race, called Upload, every um, every Thursday at two o'clock Eastern. And I have Cheryl as a guest today because I'm just trying to like put women, and especially women of color, in positions where they could be more visible. You know, um, especially mm-hmm. people who I know are going to like help people. 
Um, and I'm also, I'm from the ghetto as well, right? So I, that's why I also, I understand like classism and racism and socioeconomic disparities, um, but also what you can do to pull yourself out. But I do, like, I'm, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in, I'm deeply connected in Hollywood now very quickly. And so I'm, I recognize that and I'm trying to like leverage that to help communities. Because I think that those of us who've been able to sort of like break through, we need to like, we need to constantly be bringing our arms down to lift up the next generation of leaders from our marginalized communities. And I think that's how we do it is again, we love each other. We cooperate, we collaborate, we help each other. I think that's the only way this, this is going to happen. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, as well as you taking it to an even higher level and actually putting um, dollars in, in these uh, women's pockets so that, they could continue um, doing whatever they need to do and take care of themselves. Um, that's that's almost the definition of economic empowerment or whatnot. Um, so that's actually very resilient um, and amazing. Um, so I, I just want to thank you for doing that over the years and giving so many opportunities, to, you know, to all different types of women, um, whether they be uh, black or Caucasian or whoever, you know, you choose to, to work with, that, that's actually very outstanding. Um, well, thank you. you. Also, I mean, I, look, it's... Oh, and... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I want to just, you know, be honest and say it's not always that I'm able to sort of provide a living wage for some of these opportunities, but for some people who want access, I'm, I'm giving them access to the top people in the industry. So I'm just doing what I can to help. I mean, that's it's really just that, like, I don't really have a plan beyond how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? I'm just sort of asking that question every day, you know? Yeah. And, and doing what you can with what you have. And um, it's not small. And that's, you know, that's part of the reason why your influence has grown on clubhouse as well as other places, um, including, you know, the different awards that you've been recognized for or whatnot. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not being not seen and you really are doing great work. Um, so, um, as far as, uh, your next type of projects, what are you looking to work now on in the future? Um, well, I think that my philosophies are pretty clear, right? I'm all about building equity, uh, and inclusion, um, for everybody. So those are my principles I will say I, I, I've never worked in Hollywood before. Like I had this thing that was maybe going to go to the studio and then never happened. But now I'm very legitimately in Hollywood. I have a very good agent negotiated. So like literally contracts being negotiated and selling feature screenplays and whatnot. Um, and I, I get offers every day now. Um, so it's actually overwhelming because there's so many people who want to work with me. But it's, you know, obviously it's a good problem to have. Um, I will say I feel the responsibility of making the smartest choices available. I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by attention. You know, like I have like 5,000 followers on Clubhouse or something, and I'm getting a lot of interviews, which is cool, but it was never my goal, to be honest. I, I just – it's very simple what I do. I just try to help people. I try to build community. But I recognize the opportunities that are given my way. So I guess I don't really know exactly what I want to do. I do know whatever I want to do, the goal is to help people as much as possible. 
So I've gotten also deeply involved in the social entrepreneurship space. So that's basically taking business principles and applying them to solving society's problems. So I'm very interested in like third world poverty um, and, you know, like children's health care around the world, clean drinking water, uh, environmental issues. And what I, I think I, I can offer is as I get more relationships with Hollywood and celebrities, which I have, um, I want to leverage that influence to solve these, these social problems. I think that life cannot be about me. It can't just be about, you know, I've won awards and stuff, but it can't just be about awards and press and money and stuff. It has to be about, like, what can I do to change people's lives for real, you know? Like, I'm writing plays and movies and this kind of thing, but I think very tangibly I can actually directly work with, like, NGOs and international organizations and find a way to leverage that media influence to change people's lives for real. Like, that's I'm very interested in doing that right now. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um, and there's like you know, uh, social media and social uh, enterprises kind of making it a bit easier to create um, businesses that directly uh, impact um, different other people. Um, like my company, Muscova um, Enterprises, a uh, percentage of the funds go directly to um, uh, and uh, charity slash NGO um, in uh, Haiti that. Uh, create um, funding for projects and uh, people looking to start businesses or whatnot. Um, so we're not just feeding people a fish for a day, but teaching them how to fish um, and create uh, hopefully um, something that they could continue um, for time with their family and, and pass it down hopefully. Um, so that's, that's, it's called the Zafon, uh, Z-A-F-E-N and, it's been great, um, you know, because it's basically you give out a let me, loan. Let me help. You I back. love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Oh. Um, send me an IG post, something I can share or post, dude. I want. Let me help you just at least promote what you're doing. That's amazing. Oh wow, thanks. That'd be that'd be great. Um, yeah, because my family's from Haiti, and um, I, I just like um, giving back over there um, because you know it's the first free black republic yet yeah, it's been downtrodden so i i definitely appreciate that um and I, you know that just gives me more drive to uh continue um pushing and making that better um but yeah uh so you've uh you know you're looking to continue helping people through your work or whatnot and i feel like that's just gonna continue or whatnot um and as you continue uh just being who you are and and that's that's amazing. Um and I we're coming to a close here. I know you you know, you got other stuff you need to do or whatnot. Um yeah, before we leave, uh people are looking to reach out to Bobby Del Rio. You know, what are the best ways to connect with you? Um, so definitely like I'm on Clubhouse and I do like ten rooms a week now. To be honest, I, I'm I get modded in maybe forty stages a week on Clubhouse. Uh, it's, I have a pretty growing uh, following, so definitely follow me there. But also on Twitter, I'm at, at @bobman, B-O-B-M-A-N, and then on Instagram, I'm at, at @bobby del rio. Um, I do have to say because I am getting pitched a lot, which I actually am not so into, because I do have all of these Hollywood connections now, and I have this media influence. I, I definitely want to like help people, but there's a lot of people 
quite frankly, trying to take advantage of me where they're literally like, make my TV show. I need $2 million. Introduce me to 10 people. And it's like, come on guys. Like, like for what you're doing, like giving back to Haiti, like that kind of stuff. I'm in like a thousand percent, like, cause I'm, you know, trying to do my best to help our world. But for those people that are trying to take advantage, it's, it's really disappointing because I'm a very genuine person. Um, but you know, I have to protect myself from people trying to like use me, which I'm sure you feel as well. You have a platform and people want that. So, you know, like reach out if I can help, but like, you know, like be professional and be responsible. Um, but I do respond to everyone, um, which sometimes gets me in trouble, but you know, it's just who I am, man. It's like, I, I love people. I want to help people. Um, but at the same time, I found there's a lot of people trying to take advantage of me. So I have to sort of be careful. Yeah, um, and I want to make sure that you you completely realize that um, as a person myself, uh, healing from a traumatic uh, brain injury um, from getting my jaw broken two years ago by just me talking about the cool things that I've done and people just getting jealous and <laughs> things and me not being in the right places. But um, yeah. It, um, but for you, uh, you know, you're going to continue being in the right places and safe and safe and, and around people that want to help you. And, you know, I, I just want that. That's actually a, a very imperative point that you mentioned, because there's a lot of people out here that just want to sap energy and not really give anything back or they don't know how to give back. And they just, all they know how to do is ask. And, you know, we kind of live in that society sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I just want to pray and hopefully continue to help people, but be be protected because you sound like you might be like an empath or someone that's um, yeah, keen yeah. with their energy. Um, so yeah, that's definitely imperative. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna uh, also reach dude, out like, to you stay about. In touch, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say, stay so in touch. I love what you're doing. I love your vibe. I'm here to help. You know what I mean? Like, let's be friends and let me know what I can do. Any positive shit you're doing, like, I'm down to help. Thank you so much, sir. That's, man, that's like uh, my heart just uh, got a little lighter. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, and thanks again uh, for taking time out of your busy life and universe to, you know, drop by my podcast and, and share some more gems and wisdom with people. Uh, uh, you know, with a guy that's a pure heart and doing his best to do good, it's like I don't know how my shows keep getting better and better. I thought yesterday or the other day was a, the, the, one of the greatest shows, but you know, you just topped it off again. And I, I thank you so much, and um, continue to do your great work and have a re- really great rest of your day, sir. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And let me just say, like, I'm not sure how much you attention you get i want so i want to say thank you too because i feel the same way about you. you i didn't know you um and now you're in my circle i appreciate you i appreciate the work you're doing for everybody and i'm here to help oh thank you sir i appreciate it and uh again all the listeners uh he just told you how to reach him and uh definitely do that uh this has been another great episode of muscova media podcast And we're going to end on a high note. And uh, thanks again, uh, Bobby Del Rio, for supporting everybody. And stay blessed. And we'll we'll definitely continue to be uh, connecting. Thank you. We better. We better. I'm going to stalk you. 
<laughs> no doubt. Peace. All right. And there you have it, everybody. Another great episode of Muscova Media Podcast. Uh, we will continue doing great things. It's in the works as we speak. Uh, so everybody, you know, continue to share the show and spread good word, and we will continue doing good work. And I'm going to end the show with uh, a, a high note of Bobby. So thank you. Thank you all, guys. Uh, um, be sure to check out our website. You know how to find us. It's Google Muscova Media Podcast. And peace out. Love you guys.